All right, good evening, everyone watching by video and everyone here in the house. We're going to get into this message on proving. I'll do a little review. I actually was going to do the whole thing all over again, but since the recorded video was coming up this week, tonight, I'll, I'll just do a little bit of review. Let's go to 1 Timothy 3 since this is our foundational scripture. 1 Timothy 3, and we're going to lock in on verse 10. Well, we'll start at verse 8. And, and again, this, this uh, paragraph is talking about qualifications for servants. Um, we uh, previously, up at the beginning of this chapter, talks about the qualifications for overseers. But it says, likewise, uh, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued? Uh, mm. Sweetheart, could you read, uh, text me this scripture, 1 Timothy 3.8, for another message. I, likewise, wow, likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. It says, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. Our focus here is verse 10. It says, let these also be, be also first be proved. Let, let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Now, okay, this is talking about a deacon and that's a, um, it's a step to a step. It's a, a transition of service or commitment to service. That's a step before your commitment to uh, another level of service, which of course is ministry. Every level of, of office in the kingdom is service, even pastors. Uh, five-fold ministry is, is still a greater level of service. The Bible says uh, those that are chief among you uh, must first be servants of all, right? We must be servants of all. I know I'm paraphrasing, I'm not looking at the scripture, but the chief should be serving everybody <laughs> at, the, at the highest level, okay? So at least we have that, that part down. So Deuteronomy 8.2, we talked about that last week, and I want to revisit that too. So it says, it talks about when God was taking the children of Israel through a transition, and he was taking them in the wilderness, and he said, I've, I've brought you through the wilderness, number one, to humble you, number two, to prove you, uh, right? So to humble you, to prove you, so you would know what's in your heart, whether you keep his commandments or not. I know I wasn't looking at it, but it's a real, it, so verse two, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord God led thee, look, these 40 years in the wilderness. And, and the reality of 40 years can just be blown off. But 40 years is nothing to play with. Some of us in the room are not 40 at all. And so would you go through a 40-year wilderness to get what God has for you? I remember we, were, we talked about this in, um, Wow, this is 2019, maybe? I think it was 2019. I think. Yeah, almost about 2019 when we actually got out of debt. And I said, I have been in debt 40 years. <laughs> like, but I would have never even thought about it until, until I uh, triangulated all the debts. Not all the debts, all the dates. Um, so, so, so 40 years here in the wilderness, this is number one to humble thee. It says, number two, to prove thee, to test thee. It says, 
to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or no. So the thing is, a lot of times as we're transitioning or we're believing for stuff or we recognize there's something on or in our lives, we're ready to utilize it. Because what? That does something for us. That's some uh, self-gratification, some instant gratification, some types of uh, affirmations, uh, some levels of props. We can have a level of impact. And that's always motivating and encouraging. All right. But, but the reality is our first point of recognition of whether it's a calling or a purpose or a gifting or a platform or, or some level of ministry that God has for us, that first level of recognition is not when we're supposed to necessarily be utilizing it. That's, that first level of recognition actually is an opportunity for us now to be able to embrace some of the preparation we're about to go through without fighting you know, without fighting or without frustration. See, because if I recognize what I'm, what I'm purpose and called to do, if I believe what God has said, I'm going to embrace every level of preparation along the way. Because I'm going, I'm saying to myself, this is getting me ready for that. Oh, this is preparing me for that. This is going to make sure I'm equipped for that. Because as much as we know, there's so much we don't. As much as we, just like in the scripture says, to know what's in your heart, everybody thinks they know what's in their heart. I get a million dollars, I'm going to do. Sure you are. You don't have a million dollars yet. Right? You know, but, but, but many people have been tested with hundreds of dollars, not even millions. People, listen, I, I use me. I don't have to use nobody else. I, remember, uh, I don't know what we got. We got some type of money doing something. And we stopped off. I told the story before. We stopped off at, uh, uh, no, it was Pope, Popeye's. It definitely wasn't. Never mind, I won't say. But we stopped off. <laughs> we, we stopped off and we ordered all the food. And then I just drove away. I didn't have the food. Paid for it and everything. Just drove away. You know, I'm all intoxicated because I, I got some money in my pocket. Like, I'm so, like, on this cloud. It blinded me from the fact that I didn't even pay for the food. And sometimes we can lose sight of the rhythm, the consistency, the disciplines that has gotten us to certain levels when we get something, we, we get a an opportunity to do something, you know, uh, there's, there's situations where God's going to use some of you, you're going to open your mouth and folk will be healed. Are you going to continue in God's presence or are you going to walk around, now you got a healing ministry, now you got a, what, uh, you know, you're going to hold a healing conference the next week uh, because you think it's you, but it's God. You know, uh, John G. Lake, he went through the same thing, you know, God was using him in healing and he got so caught up in the, the aspect of God using him in healing. So, you know, he's getting all these invitations. He's, he ain't inquiring of the Lord no more. Now he's just rolling because, you know, I'm the healing guy. Well, people used to come to his house. Just like they were strong in Jesus, they, people would come to their house from all over. And, and, and they were such loving people. The wife was really a loving person. She tried to take care of all of them. Well, she worked herself to death. Literally. And so, so, so he lost sight. It, like, it's not. Like, like, as God uses, as I grow in ministry, God used me in ministry, it's not, it's not at the expense of my wife. Are you kidding? <laughs> That's not going to happen. All right? And, and, and I've gone through tests where I was in a situation where I was growing and something happened with my wife. I was like, oh, no, I'm not, I, I don't need this. You know, and my wife was like, well, no, I'll be fine. I said, no, no, it is no dream without you. 
So I'm not trying to get to any level of ministry and you without you. No, we, 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 we're growing in this together. So that was just, that's just one test some, sometimes we go through. Can we maintain our relationship with God? Can we maintain our relationship in our covenants and our spouse? Can we maintain our relationship with our family? Can we continue to serve? Some people have gifted voices. God uses them and carries them all over. But can they still maintain their level of service? You know, or, or now I don't need to serve. You know, some people uh, will evangelize, have itinerant ministries, be traveling all over, but can they still maintain the level of service? So let's say this person's an armor bearer like Terry Nance uh, that wrote the book God's Armor Bearers. So he's a, he wrote the book, he's an armor bearer, but God starts blowing up his ministry on just books on how to be an armor bearer. I mean, phenomenal. He's known all over the world for it, right? And so, but he never stopped serving in the area that he was serving at church. And God just kept blowing them up and blowing them up and blowing them up. All right, so I just thought I'd throw that in there. So we talked about uh, Daniel 5.27 when it says, you have been found wanting. Found wanting. That means there's something missing. So when you're proven, it's testing what's missing, but not what's missing to disqualify, but what's missing so you can qualify. And so so we deal with this, this around here because people are so used to uh, manipulation and control is a teaching coming up on that. That's why I asked for the double-minded scripture. But we're so used to manipulation and control when we get into a safe place or refuge and environment that's designed to grow us. People ask us questions. We go, wait, 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 what you trying to, what you, what you trying to say? I'm trying to get you to ask the question so I can find out if you have a need in this area. That's it. It ain't, there ain't nothing, nothing else. It's no, it's no deep, deep, deep revelation. I'm trying to find out if you have a need in that particular area. That's it. Why do I want to know that? So I can give you what you need. Right? Pastor Mel, why she wants to know? So she can give what you need. But we'll turn a simple question into almost like an interrogation on our own because we just won't answer the question because we're trying to hide the cracks instead of display them. Right? But as we grow and we're being proven, you want to display the cracks so you can find out what type of help you need. Okay? Sincere. That's what sincerity means, displaying the cracks. All right, so the scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So I shall not be missing or lacking anything, right? Let's go here to James chapter 1. I know we, we visited it last week, but let's go back to James chapter 1. We may visit this a few times uh, while we're here. This is actually, uh, this is survival case scripture, ain't it? Ms. Lamar squeaked out, yes, but yes, it is a survival experience. Um, it says, uh, my brethren, count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, right? It's a, so that's different tests and trials or different types of measurements, right? Different types of measurements. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith or testing of your faith worketh patience. It says, let patience have its perfect work that you'll be perfect or, or mature, complete and entire lacking nothing or wanting nothing, right? It's an interesting thing is when Jesus finished the Beatitudes, that's Matthew chapter 5, when he's finished the Beatitudes, I believe when you get to the end, it might be verse 48 or something, he said, be perfect, right? Be perfect as God is perfect, right? Something close to that. But he closed out the sermon on Beatitudes, how you should be with, hey, let me, let me end it with this. Be perfect, complete, mature. Hey, nobody's perfect. Well, why is it even communicated for you to be something if nobody's perfect? See, the thing is, 
it's, it's a target. And the reason why it's a target because while you're traveling on that road to completeness, maturity, full maturity, or, or what we call perfection, you're going to recognize the only way I can complete this journey of perfection is I'm going to have to connect to God. I can't do it without God. So, no, so we, can make, we can change the statement to no one's perfect without God. Because apart from him, what? We can do nothing. Right? John 15, 5. Right. So, so here you have these different tests and trials. It says, count all joy. You fall into different tests and trials. Right? It says, give patience its work. So to be proven or go through tests is going to take patience. Now, the interesting thing is I'll go back to the 40 years in the wilderness. It took a lot of patience to get through 40 years to pass the test. Some people came out and they passed. Right? So it takes a, it takes a process to go through 40 years. Some of us can't, go, can't get through four years. Can't get through four months. Like, we're looking at four months of testing. Like, think about some of the situations we've been in. It's been months. And we'll go, man, God don't love me. Months, not 40 years. Four months in the wilderness, and we done lost our minds. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa said four days, <laughs> right? Four hours in some case. All right, so let's go here to 1 Peter 6. We'll dance back and forth through 1 Peter 6. Again, we're talking about proven. We're talking from the aspect of being proven. And again, we're embracing this process to end the, the, the last six months of this year uh, to be more equipped for what God has prepared for us in the upcoming year. And so all the teachings are intentional from God to make sure we have everything we need, right? All right, so it says, uh, verse 6. Wait, let me just make sure I'm in the right place. First Peter 1. Yeah, verse 6. It says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Keyword for a season, right? It says, If need be, you are in heaviness, again, through manifold temptations or manifold measurements, or you're in a position of calibration. So, again, I told you I have a friend that worked in weights and measures. We were both housing inspectors or code enforcement officers. I did houses and, and uh, uh, residential and commercial. He did weights and measurements. So he went to the gas stations. He went to a place like that and made sure that the, the, the uh, pumps were calibrated because they work off a of balance. You squeeze and it's, it works off a of balance. So if it's calibrated right, you squeeze and you're paying exactly what the, that readout says. But if they throw off the balance, you could be paying more even though it's saying you're paying. You could be paying more for less, all right? So they have to make sure it's calibrated properly, right? And the scripture says you've been weighed in the balance and you've been found wanting. You're not calibrated right. You're not able to handle what your gifting is, is supposed to produce. You're not ready for what, what I'm about to send your way. You're still playing off of, uh, uh, what do you say, baby, uh, self Loathing. See, so, so, so you're, you're still, you're, you're found wanting. Self-loathing, you're not checking with me at all. You think your assessment of yourself, your evaluation of yourself, or what you're comfortable with is the measure for what you need to do. No, what my design for you is your measure for what you need to do. And now you'll be able to embrace what's happening because if you think you're worth nothing, supposed to do nothing, and capable of, of, of operating nothing, then when something comes to test you, you're going to be mad. What is this for? Why are you coming at me like this? 
Why I got to go through this? But if you understand what your purpose and design is, you embrace it. Yeah, that just kind of makes sense considering all that I have to do. So all that I have to do, this is a part of the process. Does that make sense? So you go through manifold tests and trials. So we talked about there's different fires on, on Promotion Road. I'm not going to get into all of them because we talked about them last week. So I'm going to get into some others. But we talked about God's tests are the, the flames of, of the wilderness time and patience test. And I'm not going to go back over the wilderness time and patience test at this particular time. Because why? I went over it last week, <laughs> right? So uh, video coming soon, all right? And then we said the enemy attacks through the flames of, of lust and compromise. So, so these, these tests or these flames or these fires is trying to prove us or test us, you know, it's like silver and gold. It's, uh, it's, uh, the, the, these, it's, it's God's type of test or... or well, it was more than just the wilderness, but some of them was the wilderness time and patience test. And then the enemy tries to attack us. God is testing us. The enemy is ta- attacking us. He tries to attack us through lust and compromise, right? You know, so, so it's almost like God, even remember with, with, with uh, Job, uh, God calls the sons of God. And of course, Lucifer used to be a son of God. So he comes in Job chapter, chapter one, and he, and he says, so, so it's almost like he's calling the council with the Son of God, with, with all the angels. He says, so, so, so Lucifer, he said, I see you, you, you look like you, you after my, my son Joe. What's going on? He said, yeah, but, you, you know, you pumping him up like, like he all righteous because there's a hedge protected around him. Remove that hedge. We'll see how much he'll, I guarantee you, he'll, he'll curse you. He says, you can, he said, you could test him. Make sure your phone's on. He said, you could, you could test him. He said, but, uh, he says, but don't touch his flesh, don't destroy him, right? Now, if you, if, you, if you look at it and you don't see the whole picture, if you haven't read the whole chapter, you will go, now, why would God do that? Joe, mind his own business, living righteous. So if we mind our own business, living righteous, God is going to send a test to us just, just to be testing us, just because he ain't got nothing to do. Well, if you read through the, 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 if you keep on reading, if you keep you reading chapter 3, verse 25, it says, the thing that I greatly fear to come upon me. So Job had stopped offering to God and, and giving to God out of love. He started giving to him through fear. Now he, so, so he didn't do nothing to get all that he had. God gave it to him, but now he's trying not to lose it because his kids were stripping, right? And so, 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 so God allowed him to go through the test to get the fear out. <laughs> right? See, 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 see he, he was found wanting. There was something there that didn't belong called fear. So he allowed it to, re, to, to not to harm him, but to remove the impurity that was going to destroy him for the next level he, where he was going. Because you remember, he ended up with twice as much as he had before. <laughs> but he was ready to handle that because the fear had got purged. The reality of taking God for granted had got purged. Make sense? All right, so I just threw that in. That was a little extra. I uh, wasn't necessarily in my notes. I think God wanted us to, to focus on that. All right, so we talked about the different tests of the, the, the lust of flesh and the pride of life. And then we spent some time just talking about just, just the parallel of, 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 
of testing metals or, or you know, Ms. Lamar, that was his background, and how, uh, you know, uh, gold melts at uh, uh, 1,947 degrees Fahrenheit. That's close, right? Yeah, well, if you round it up, it's 1948, okay? <laughs> if you round it up, I just rounded it down, right? Right? It says, uh, if it's too hot, the interesting thing is it gets hard, not soft. And it's, you destroy the whole, you can't do that with it now. <laughs> it's just interesting. And, and so, so, so we want to be tested, but we don't want to, we don't want to be in there too long. You know, you can't even stay in the womb too long. You know, there's a time to be in the womb, but there's a time for birth. You know, if, 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 if that baby stays in the womb too long, it could hurt, damage the child, right? Did y'all know that? I was going to say that next. Yeah, everybody jumping the gun. I was about to say that next. All right, okay. Let's, let's, and the mother, just so we make sure we have it recorded, they said it before me, Right? Right, so so both people can be harmed if 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 that child if child is in that womb too long. Well, if you're in that fire too long, you could be harmed. Right, so we ain't supposed to be tested forever. It's, it's, it says for a season, First Peter one one six eight. Right, it says if for a season you have to deal with heaviness. Right. It ain't, it, it, the goal is not forever, but sometimes we don't handle the test. We, we're, we're kicking and fighting. We're jumping in and out of the fire as opposed to just embracing the process, let the impurities get burned out so we can go on to the next level and do what we have to do. And so, so I, I shared this last week, and I'll just give you this thought, though. You know, the signs, the roads, the mountains don't change based on uncomfortable circumstance. It takes as long as it takes. And so, so sometimes the different situations we go through, when circumstances come up, we think, okay, well, I'm uncomfortable because I'm in this circumstance, so the test will be over quicker. No, 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 no. It takes as long as it takes. And sometimes it takes longer because we're not embracing this. Just like popcorn jumping in and out of the microwave every, every 30 seconds or every three seconds. It'll never pop. <laughs> it, has to, it has to have sustained. It has, to be, it has to stay in there for whatever. I don't know how long. Popcorn take the pop. Y'all, y'all, I don't even use microwave. <laughs> 3.5 minutes. Okay, look, look, you got two geniuses, depending on your microwave watch. All right, so anyway, uh, since I, <laughs> that's good. That's a little collaboration. So Rook tonight, I'm just playing. <laughs> All right, so, but, but, but the interesting thing is, is, is it's sustained. You know, you, it's not intermittent. You just can't keep jumping in and out. And it's the same thing with us. We keep jumping in and out. And we, go, we think the duration determines the test. <laughs> Our stillness determines it. <laughs> yeah. The scripture says what? Be still and know that I'm God, right? You ain't guessing at that point. You know he's God, right? Because the only way you're getting out of that is God coming through for you, right? What's that? Uh, uh, Psalm 46.10. All right, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 3. Again, we're talking about proving. Our message is proven today. And 1 Corinthians 3, and we're going to read 11 through 15. We're going to read 11 through 15, but I'm going to 
I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, just for the sake of time, okay? All right, it says, for, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Best foundation, best support for anything you want to build on, right? It says, but if anyone builds on the, founda- on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will be clearly shown for what it is. For the day of judgment, to see if anything's missing or wanting, will disclose it because it is to be revealed with fire. Testing. It says, the fire will test the quality, look, look at this, and character and worth of each person's work. If any person's work which he has built on this foundation, that is, any outcome of his effort remains and survives this test, he will receive a reward, receive a reward. But if any person's work is burnt up by the test, he will suffer loss of his reward, yet he himself will be saved, but only as one who has barely escaped through fire. And so it's saying, like, because like, we, we, we live this life, you know, I'm just doing this just because, but it is about reward. The scripture says he rewards them that diligently seek him. And it says some people are building on hay and stubble, basically. When the fire comes, what happens? With hay and stubble, it burns up. And some people are building on, on, on a solid foundation. And so a, a lot of times you can't see the foundation people are building on, can you? Is this a foundation, even in your house, is unseen. I said, but when a fire comes, you'll know what foundation, <laughs> what foundation someone's building on, right? And it says, so some people will just barely uh, get through. They'll barely escape, you know, with no reward, <laughs> right? But they, they'll get through. And, you know, and a lot, and a, we, we can parallel this to the last days of fire. Some people are going to barely get through, right, with no reward. Okay, that's going. <laughs> I just thought, you know, I just thought about that because people don't be thinking about these things, right? You know, um, but it's true. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I want you to realize this. As much as we want to get around it, it is about promotion. It is about promotion. Our life is about promotion, right? And, and, and when we get through this teaching, you'll see more and more. And this is the thing. If you manipulate the proven, you forfeit the promotion. If you manipulate the proving, you forfeit the promotion. So as God is sending us the wilderness test, the time test, the patience test, and all the other tests we're about to talk about, as he's sending us these tests and we try to figure a way around them, or we try to justify not needing them, or we're casual with them. So let's look at this way, because I spent a lot of time really trying to offer how to pass the test. So, so, I, so I, was, I had grown to a place where I was dean over our ministry school. And so, and I had two class courses that I taught. I taught spiritual authority to open up because every class was going to be attached to, a, to authority. You need to, we need spiritual authority. And we'll revisit it here at our church. We'll be talking, to, talking about spiritual authority at our church until Jesus comes. But it'll, it'll be coming here soon, especially because we're going through the ministry track here coming up. The last class was the, the Holy Spirit and his gifts. That was the last class. After you went through eschatology, after you went through the Gospels and all the other classes, we ended up with the gifts. So these, those are the two classes. But I told all my students this. I said, if you embrace everything that I'm offering you, 
you will ace this class and you will leave the class absorbing the information. But you have to participate. You have to take notes, right? You have to go back and read over the information. But if you do everything, all the little layers, you won't just um, uh, know about what we're teaching, it'll be in you. And everybody that embraced everything I said in that class, everybody that took, took, took home, uh, followed, uh, read, did their notes, participated in class, and this is it. Right before the test, I gave them, a te I gave them the test. Right before the test, they got the test. Went home, took the test. Then when you came back, we took the test. Now, I might not have had all the, uh, all the answers in the same order, but if you spent time that studying the test, you're going to pass the test. Everybody that did that aced the test. The people that didn't participate, sometimes didn't show up, sometimes didn't take notes, they failed. Because some people in their mind, they think, well, I struggle with focus. Well, guess what? Everybody struggles with focus. Everybody in America struggles with focus. So that's why there's words called discipline. We have to challenge ourselves to, to, to lock in. I was, listen, when it came to church, come to church, I was like, man, ain't nobody really trying to read this stuff. Just, just tell me a good story, inspire me, and I'll go on home. But I had to learn how to lock in and study and, and, and pay attention and take notes as if I was trying to pass the test, right? And this is the thing, are we really trying to pass the test? Because what we get, me and Pastor Mel, let's say me and Pastor Mel are the te teachers of the professors of the class, right? So we get people coming to us are perplexed with problems that they can't solve, but they got the information, they didn't write it down, and they didn't study it out. So it's hard for them to pass what? The test. And we'd be looking like, were you at class that day? <laughs> so if you take a course, which you've taken courses, right? You got two, two degrees, right? Or three, two? So you have two degrees. So if, you've taken a, if you took the course and you just didn't show up, are you passing? Matter of fact, uh, uh, is, that, is that me Asia back there? Okay, so you just uh, passed, what, nursing? What do, you, what do you do? See, people be trying to hit me. What, what is it? Phlebotomist? Did I say it right? All right, thank you, draw blood. You, you could have said draw blood, but you tried to get me, right? All right, so, so no, that's cool, because, I mean, she went through the process, so you want to get the props of what you've gone through. So, but the interesting thing, could you not show up to pass the test? Like, you could just, like, not pay attention, and then you just pass the test? Right. It's the same thing in our life. Right? So these tests are only frustrating when we try to get around the proving. If you manipulate the proving, you forfeit the promotion. All right? And so, 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 so this brings us to the character test, the character test, right? So the character test is when we are surrounded by ungodliness that attempts to pull us in its direction, right? We may be tempted to sin in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Why the character test? Because the character test shows us the areas of weakness in our own personality and the reality of our, our inward self. Sometimes we're in denial of how, who we really are. 
And so when we go through tests, we go, I don't understand why this is happening. But if we really understood and embraced the reality of where we really are, we would go, oh, this is why, right? We think our front goes over well even in God's face, right? And so every leader has hidden character deficiencies of which they are totally unaware until confronted with specific situation that demands a godly response. So you ever been under a pressure that demanded a godly response, but a godly response didn't come out of you? So that's not like, oh my God, you should go to hell. That is, wow, there's some other things that I got to work I thought I was at a level, but I realized this came out, so it has some things I have to work through. Now, the, somebody watching me go, you supposed to be a Christian? Yeah, I'm still a Christian, but I just realized I'm not at the level of growth that I thought I was, so I'm just going to embrace some more, learn some more, and grow more, right? Yeah, we're all growing, elevating. And see, so, so the Scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Let's go here, Proverbs. Let's look at it this way. So this test almost shows us, if I can use this word, the errors of our ways, right? Because there's ways that we think is right. There's a confidence. If you snap back on somebody's trying to instruct you, why would you snap back? Because you think your ways are, are legit. Like you're almost like, who, who, could, who are you to talk to me? Because I'm, I'm, I'm ready-made. I'm, I'm done. I don't really need your help, right? And there's a level of confidence there. But uh, verse, uh, Proverbs 14, 12, it says, There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are ways of death. You know what it says? There's a way, singular, that which seemeth right to a man. It says, but the end thereof are the ways, plural, of death. Right? So, 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 so we could be off. Remember we talked about accuracy and not drifting. Um, we could be off by just a degree, but it can take us into a world of craziness. How many people have experienced that before, you know? <laughs> Let's jump over there to Proverbs 16.2. It says, all the ways, plural, of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Remember? He says, you've been weighed in the balance, and you've been found wanting. There's some things missing, right? But, but, but we think, it's cool. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I go to church. I read scripture, right? But under pressure, it's really tested. Let's go here, 1 Corinthians 10. You know, as we go through these tests, this is a wonderful scripture. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, there has no temptation or test or trial taking you, but such as common, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So God won't allow. See, see, we, we converted that scripture over the years, not we, but people have converted that to God won't put on you more than you can bear. It's not what the scripture said. The scripture said God put anything on you. You know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In that particular case, even going after Job, he allowed it, but not above what you're able to handle. But he always has a way of escape that you may be able to bear. And how am I going to find a way of escape? I'm going to have to get with the person that, that has created the, the way of escape, the way out, 
right? Because he was within the matrix, they had to connect with the operator, <laughs> right? The operator had to show them the way out, right? So we have to stay connected, right? Uh, uh, David said this, he says, I would have uh, painted, I would have given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So during this character test, you're tempted to give up, but you're believing to see, believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That didn't say in heaven. He believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, Psalm 27, 13. All right, so let's, let's before we uh, dive into... Well, let's go to James 1. James 1. Again, we're talking about proving, but we're highlighting right now the character tests. We're going to go through probably 15 or 20 um, different examples of some of the tests that we go through as God is proving us not to punish us, but to prepare us to handle what our gifting um, is supposed to, is, is designed to produce. So here you have verse 12, James 1, verse 12. I know we read earlier 2 through 4, but 12, it says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. See, so, 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 so again, we have to get through this thing, right? Endureth temptation. It didn't say blessed is the man that never has temptation. He says that endures temptation. It says, for when, when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life. There's a promotion again. Right? It says, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. It says, let no man say when he is tempted, this is proving the other point, I am tempted of God. Right? That God is causing what I'm going through. It says, for, 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 for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Always take you further than you want to go, make you stay longer than you want to stay, and make you pay more than you want to pay. Right? All right, so just that's something to think about. So, so during this character test, God allows circumstantial brokenness to build our character for us to handle what our gifting and our ability will produce. He allows brokenness. People be running from brokenness, you know, but he allows it. Uh, uh, James 12, uh, not James, John chapter 12, verse 24. It says, except the corner we fall to the ground and die, it, it, it can't bring forth fruit, right? So we've talked about this before, that, that, that corner wheat or that seed goes into the ground. It, it's buried, so it's not seen. It has no props. And on, underneath, behind the scenes, while no one's seeing it, it seems like it's not going to produce anything. It goes under, the, it's, it's under the pressure of the dirt. The dirt hardens and squeezes that seed. That seed breaks. It goes through brokenness. When it, broke, when it breaks over, it releases what's in it. When it starts to release what's in it, at first you don't see it. It's growing through the, that, that same unseen place in, in, in his life. But eventually it breaks through and it starts to flourish on the outside. But it all started with the seed being buried. And after it was buried, it went through brokenness. And after the brokenness, it, was, it went through release. When it was released, it was in an unseen period of time, and then it was seen. And it was seen, it didn't, it didn't make massive impact. It was just, it, it was existing for a long period of time. Because again, it didn't produce enough, any fruit that other people could benefit from for a while. So it had to go through the storms and the winds and the rains. 
and just grow up to just be a solid to be able to produce fruit, right? It can jump out being planted, it had to stay planted. And then eventually it grew and it started to produce fruit for other people to partake of. And the more people took fruit, the more fruit grew, right? It's a process that you go through, right? All right, so let's, let's these tests of life and ministry that we're going to be discussing in this thing called Proven, um, uh, uh, actually, I gave, I gave, I, no, I gave Mr. Lamar this book. It's a book by uh, uh, Frank DiMaggio, The Making of a Leader. Um, so, so this particular paragraph, or, or these paragraphs I got from the book, it says, God has, has a very special and unique preparation for each one of his leaders or people growing. It says, testing of that preparation is the final step. So he has a, a unique preparation that we go through, right? Just, just the preparation part is excruciating for some of us. Once he, we go through the preparation, right, right, testing that preparation is the final step. It's, it, in everything in your life, uh, 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 some of Miege just said phlebotomist, right? That's it, right? All right, so, but, so she went through, they, they trained her. But then you had, they had to test and see if it took. <laughs> Does that make sense? So you went through training with your new job, test to see if it took. So everything in our life, we go through training, but it, we're tested to see if it took. Right? We had trained basketball players, and the guys that got on the court is the ones that when it took, because I know we, we're going to flow together. The guys that didn't get to play, it ain't take yet. You ain't get it yet. So you're going to go out there, you're going to be all over the place, but you're not going to be with the team. You'll be on the court, but you won't be with the team, right? So, so uh, that's the final step. And often, okay, I'm sorry, testing of that preparation is the final step, and it often comes in the middle of the most active ministry. So you, you're already active in doing some things in, in, in God, right? It says, why do you have to be tested? Doesn't God know if you're ready to minister? Of course he does, but you need to know it too. The very act of testing itself is the final preparation and can drive you into a deeper relationship with God as nothing else can. Though God tests his governmental ministries most rigorously, that's the five-fold ministry, he also uses the test for all his people. Anyone who desires to serve God will grow through these tests. That's why it says let them first be proven and tested. Anyone that's going to serve God will grow through these tests, right? And the thing is, we, our reflex, we have to watch what our, our default is. Our reflex is to almost discredit the tester. Find chinks and armor in the tester, as opposed to just whatever comes at me, I'm going to embrace the test. If, 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 if you're in a situation where you're working for someone and maybe they're, they, they, you know, might not be as organized, they might not be as thorough, well, you, it was still going to be a test for you. It says, the scripture talks about if, if you're going through stuff and the person is what, forward or what is it? Second Peter, I believe. Let me see if I can get there. I'm almost positive. It's Second Peter 1. Nope, it's not that one. It's Second Peter 1 is 1 Peter. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. 
this is audible, so well, yeah, go to the flesh. Okay. It's first Peter two. First Peter two. And I'm gonna start reading at verse 18. It says, uh, servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, those submitted under, not only the good and gentle, but also the forward. It says, for this is thanks, thankworthy if a man for conscious towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it when you be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently. But if when you, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Because it's like if you're doing wrong, you should take it patiently anyway. You're wrong. But if you're doing right and you take it patiently, that's where you get a reward from God. All right, so, so when we say God uh, tests ministry, we mean that this is what we mean by that. God uses any means which he himself knows will determine the presence, quality, or genuineness of his call on someone's life. Right? God assesses and examines the true inner attitudes and motives of those whom he calls to show whether they are pure or not. Number three, God puts those he calls in difficult situations which will refine them spiritually. Right? God sorts out those who are not truly called by him. Only those anointed are the ones that are selected. Or as Watchman E says, uh, only the specially disciplined should be given authority. Only the specially disciplined should be given authority. So God wants to see where you are mentally, spiritually, and emotionally to evaluate things about yourself, thinking, actions, behaviors. If there are areas in the test you have missed or not noticed, right? to perfect certain areas so that you can pass the next test even better and go to the next level in your life of purpose. So that's why God takes us through tests. Now there's four aspects of tests, uh, four aspects of our ministry calling, and this is why we're tested. The first aspect of, of, our, of our calling is salvation. That's the seed of ministry. So we just think salvation is just, I'm delivered, I'm, 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 I get to go to heaven, not hell. No, 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 that's, that's starting out. That's the seed of ministry. Right after salvation, there's the call. That's the birth of ministry. Right after salvation is the call. That's the birth of ministry. After the call, there's the preparation, and that's the test of ministry. Did I go too fast? <laughs> All right, so y'all got salvation, right? I know you got that one. All right, the call is the birth of ministry. And then the preparation, the test of ministry. And then number four is the maturity, and that's the fulfillment of ministry. Four aspects of ministry calling. And so, so again, so now we, we understand that God has been intentional in our entire life from even the fact of us, us accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. It ain't over. We always talk about that. You come to the, 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 the altar and you give life to Jesus and you go, whew, 
No, 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 it's not over. And then sometimes we ride out being a pew sitter, right? You know, or a Sunday Christian. No, that's not, and I'm not saying that to put nobody down, but that's not why God brought us into the kingdom, <laughs> right? Or, or we, we, we have this other line, that's for them. No, it's for us. Because, you know, God set the members in the body as it pleases him, and that would be including all of us. So, so it's so interesting that if you start to look through the Bible and you look through the lenses of testing, one of the first testings, testing fires was in the garden. One of the first testing fires was the authority test in the garden. See, see that authority, the authority test, test uh, was tested through the fire of obedience. Remember, God set him in the garden. He says, hey, hey, all is y'all's. Just don't eat of these, these trees right here. So you would think like he set them up, but he was teaching them obedience to draw authority. Because when you submit to authority, you have authority. See, we walk around and we've grown in life and we get to a place in our life where we, because uh, you know when you're young, you, you, you grow up in a family and some, you know, some of us have people that just, you know, just, you know, everybody don't have the, the bellies as parents, you know. All right, so, but you, 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 you grow up in a household and, and there's do's and don'ts, but, but, you know, we're all growing together, right? Some of us grow up in a household where it's, uh, what do we call it? We call it strict, right? Oh, oh my, my mama was strict or my dad was strict. And in some cases, some of us have grown up in abusive households. <laughs> I don't know which one he responded to. <laughs> Right, <laughs> look, look, look. He, hey, he's smooth. We keep his head forward. Now, I ain't saying nothing. Just keep listening to the pastor, right? So, right. So, but so, so you got the different levels of households you grow up in, but that is determining when you you get out, if you transition out, if you are birthed out, or if you break out, right? Now, you know, break out is the worst one, right? Right. So, 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 and then what happens is now. It also shapes how you embrace authority. So if you look at authority as a benefit, you submit to authority, and then you grow in authority. Right? So I submit to authority, I operate in obedience, I grow in authority. But if, you, if you've been abused, you, you snap back or you run from, or you develop a fortress against authority. So you live life without authority. Like, like the, the uh, spirit of debt show up in your house, and you'd be like, I, I bind you up. <laughs> that was funny. Well, right in your door. Right? Because the spirit of debt is going, you don't submit to authority, so you don't have no authority over me. Sickness and disease come in your house. He says, I think the scripture said I'm supposed to do this. Sickness and disease is like, man, please. You walk right in your house. Right? Because you don't submit to authority, so you don't have authority. Remember in Matthew 8, he says, he says uh, this, uh, Centurion said, hey, you know, heal my servant. He says, uh, he says, oh, no, I'll go to your house. He said, no, you don't have to come to my house. He said, no, all you have to do is speak the word only. He says, he says basically, since I've been watching you, he says, I'm a man under authority and I have people under me. I say, go and they go and come and, come and they come. He said, look, he says, I'm a man under authority and I have people under me. What he, what he was saying is, I submit to authority. I'm obedient to my authority, and the people under me are obedient to me. So because if you act, when I'm told to do something, I just do it. When they're told to do something, they just do it. He says, so I've been watching you. Everything you say is you're submitted to God. 
You're obedient to God. So I know if you speak the word, sickness and disease and whatever spirit will obey. So all you got to do is speak the word. Before the guy got to the house, the servant was healed. Right? So in the garden, it started the whole thing. God put him in a position because he knew you need authority in this earth realm because the Lucifer and Satan has been sent down here and he's going to try to bind you up. So I need you to have authority. So the first thing I need you to do is be obedient. See, see, not only don't eat of the tree, the smart thing was not to consider it because God said don't eat it. It's not an option at that point. Listen, God said don't do it. It's not an option. That's obedience. I draw authority. When I get into a situation, I can bind and loose, you know, um, what's, what's the song? It's, it's, uh, Keith Moore, Demons Are Afraid of Me. I found out the key to set captives free, demons are afraid of me. What is it? What's the part about I've been authorized? Because in the name of Jesus, I've been authorized. <laughs> right? Demons are afraid of me. <laughs> right? Right? So, so sometimes we're not operating authorized because we're not operating obedient. And so it'll be, we could just navigate through life if we were just operating authorized. It'll be motion activated blessing. You know, because like when you walk through the door, you just take a step and the door open, right? But if you're walking in obedience, obedience is your power step to open all the doors. The door's got to obey. Whatever's trying to block you has to open up when you show up. It's, a, it's, it's only a hindrance before you show up. But you're saturated with obedience, which, is, which gives you authorization. And as soon as you take a step, it opens up like get smart back in the day. You know, I... You know, I don't know why y'all know who Get Smart is, but they had a, a newer version. James, you, y'all know who Get Smart is, right? Right. Because he would walk, he was an agent, and he would, he would walk, dun, 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 right? And while he was, dun, 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 and the doors would open up while he was walking, all right? Then he turned around, and the door slammed on his nose. Y'all, you see, y'all thought I was saying that to be funny, but that's what happens in our lives. <laughs> he had already got through the door and looked backwards and went backwards. All right, so anyway, so, so, so this authority test it started this whole testing process. God said, don't eat of the tree. You know, so uh, teaching Adam obedience to draw authority, right? That's why the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10, 6, it says having a readiness to avenge uh, uh, disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Right? See, 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 I'm ready to avenge any level of disobedience that's costing me, that's causing me to be found wanting, right? That's causing me not to operate in the authority that I need for the next level of promotion I'm supposed to go to. I'll get to the, if I manipulate to a level of promotion without the obedience that I'm supposed to operate in, I'm at the level, but I have no authority. Ain't nobody listening to me. Because I've mip- I didn't pass the test. See, if I pass the test of obedience, if I submit it to the process, I don't have to request people to listen to me. They're going to automatically, because I listen. You see what I'm saying? I submit to authority, so I draw authority. At every level, it happens that way. But if I'm constantly getting around, man, I can't even listen to my wife or my husband. But I'm thinking people are going to listen to me. 
No, the same measure you meet is measured back to you. You don't listen, people won't listen to you. It ain't rocket science. You ain't listening to God, your kids won't listen to you. That's not even, nobody tripping. You're not obedient to God, but you want your kids to be obedient to you. Something's wrong with that. All right? See, that's why only the specially disciplined are given authority. Let's watch him in knee. Only the specially disciplined are given authority. I, some, 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 uh, just a, a, something else I wanted to reference. I might end with this. I might end with Luke 6. Um, but I just want to get, reference this from uh, The Making of a Leader by Frank DiMazio. Um, the, problem, the problem is that in our day, there are many individuals who desire to be leaders, teachers, uh, ahead of something, who are self-appointed, who have not been perfectly or fully trained. Like since the advent of the internet, such, such people are now, an easily, now have an easily accessible pulpit platform, basically the internet, from which to influence others. Sadly, they are like the blind hypocrites in Jesus' parable, leading many astray, causing many to stumble, to fall into spiritual ditches of false doctrines and errant teachings. Just because someone has a website, has a YouTube channel, has, a published, has published a book, which you can do if you have the money, spoken at a conference, has academic credentials, or been on radio or television doesn't mean they have been perfectly equipped and fully trained for the position of a Bible teacher or spiritual leader in the spiritual body of Jesus, all right? This is Frank DiMazio, and this was written ages ago. Um, it says, we may not always know what a person's background or qualifications are, but the spiritual fruit they produce, whether good or bad, can be an excellent indicator of what type of spiritual tree they are. Um, this is Luke 6, you know. You, what, what, here, so let's, let's go to Luke 6 real quick. Luke 6, and then I'll read the last paragraph and we'll be done. Luke 6, 43. It says, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring, uh, tree bring forth good fruit. It says, For every tree is known by his own fruit, for of thorns men do not gather figs, nor bramble bush gather they grapes. Basically saying, you know, you don't get fruit out of weeds, right? 45, a good man out of good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's saying whatever level of platform, credentials, or accolades somebody brings to the table, you're going to know them by their fruit. Under pressure, when they're squeezed, that fruit going to come out. So a person come around you and tell you all the, all the stuff that they know. The thing is, you, you don't have to. That's nice. That, or, or this is what we used to say. Uh, <laughs> this is wrong. What is, it was the wrong environment in which I used to say this or it was communicated. We used to go, that's what your mouth say. You know, so somebody's talking trash, and the response would be, yeah, that's what your mouth say. I hear your mouth talking. All right? That, that, that was, you know, it's probably one of my lines. Yeah, that's what your mouth say. Right? And, 
it's the same thing in the kingdom. It's like people are, 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 are boasting form, right? Uh, but they don't have the fullness of God within them. It says those who sense the divine calling on their lives to teach and lead God's people need to first be disciplined and raised up by older, mature, wise spiritual leaders who have, this is key, a proven track record of good spiritual fruit. A proven track record of good spiritual fruit. This is the biblical way. The source of one's authority matters very much in the body of Christ. The source of one's authority. So again, we measure things by fruit, not just by uh, accolades, not just by, you know, um, uh, I mean, you got to, I shared this to my, with my granddaughter last time they was in town in July. I said, I said, you're going to be hearing a lot of stuff because she's 16 now. Um, she's about to be 17 at the end of the year. I said, you're going to hear a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is going to sound good. I said, just measure, look at lives. You could just look at, look at people's lives. Imagine, I mean, matter of fact, birds of a feather flock together and fly to the same destination. Birds of a feather flock together, but they also fly to the same destination. So if you're going to spend a lot of time around somebody, whatever's going on in their life is what you're going to produce. That, that's the most you can get. <laughs> right? So you got to look at lives. You know, you got to look at, look at lives. Uh, Look at the fruit, right? Does that make sense? All right, so, oh, I'm sorry. I at least want to finish what he said. Uh, in our culture, almost anybody can print business cards claiming any title they want. No one seems to care. In times past, it wasn't enough to teach, to teach the truth. One also had to have been truly authorized and appointed to be a teacher. What made a teacher false was not just that he taught false doctrine, but that he had been falsely appointed. It said, which means that a man can be teaching the truth and still stand condemned because he has assumed the duties without the authorization. When a police officer, when, a poli when police find a man who has been intimidating a police officer, he goes instantly to jail, regardless of the quality of his policing. Likewise, a man who intimidates a teacher sent from God, regardless of the quality of his teaching, is a false teacher. You see, because he hasn't been authorized, right? The authority makes a difference, right? Because the authority is going to facilitate the impartation. The, the authority is going to facilitate the, the illumination and the growth in somebody's life. You know, the... the uh, Oration is just soothing and stimulating. And we're in a culture that people just want to be soothed and stimulated, but they don't want to be empowered. They don't want to walk in the, the signs and wonders of God, the gifting of God and their purpose and calling. You know, and some people love for people to depend on them, not to depend on God, right? But the person walking in authority creates an atmosphere where a person can actually connect and gain the nectar of, of power and, and, and nourishment from God himself, right? Not, you need me, so I'm going to build my platform on your needs, right? I ain't going to feed you. I'm just going to keep you needy. Uh, as a Jamaican guy told me I was working in a meat warehouse in college. He said, Keith, I'm going to tell you right now, 
they're going to pay you just enough so you have to come back next week. So they're not going to pay you, they're not going to pay you what you're worth. Because if they pay you what you're worth, then you can choose whether you want to come back. They're going to pay you just enough so you got to come back. And when he, I, you know, I was in college, I, you know, you know, I'm trying to become something in college. I was like, I never heard of that that way, but it made sense because I was working and I was like, I had to come back because I needed the money, you know. So, but they didn't, they weren't going to empower you to, to, to make choice, right? In God's kingdom, he wants you to be in a position where you can choose to be obedient to what he told you to do, Right? 